0: Kyrie in the paint, kicks it, Irving, got it, oh! Tate oh, same oh, spot, man. same result. Kyrie, quick hands, gets it ahead, smart,
1: yeah! Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, aka Brutal Gash, coming at you from Sydney, Australia, where I am in No way shielded from the tragedy and the anguish that is the 2019 Boston Celtics. A special edition for you guys today, we have Celtics Reddit's favorite Blazers fan, a user who goes by the name of FamilyGuy35. He's going to join us in a moment to talk about the Blazers game and the Celtics in general and expectations and the difference between the two teams and lots of other fun stuff. But first... If you want to reach out to us here at the show, the best way is to comment on the Reddit thread for this episode or you can find us on Twitter at Celtic Reddit Pod. All right, here we go. I'm going to get FamilyGuy35 on the line and we'll be right back.
0: Yeah, the whole idea is when you're guarded by two guys, somebody else has got to be open. And the, and the key is to find that guy, get him the ball, get him the ball, in good rhythm, in good position, so that he can just catch it and shoot it away. And uh, we, we practice shooting in tremendous amount, open spot shooting, and we've got some of the very, very best in the league you know, on our team. You know, led by Larry Bird, and we got Danny Ainge, Dennis Johnson, Scotty Wedman, Jerry Seeskin, a lot of guys on the perimeter who can really fill it
1: up got Family Guy 35 here from uh, Trailblazers fandom fame. Uh, you may know him from occasionally popping into our post game threads and celebrating the clutchness of the Boston Celtics, something that has not really occurred that often in this particular season. But Family Guy 35, uh, I don't know if I should call you by your real name or whatever, but anyway, welcome. It's good to have you on.
0: Yeah, thank you, man. I cannot say enough um, how glad I am that you brought me on to your pod. Um, I'm excited. If I if if you're fine with that I would love to tell the background of why I called them the clutchest team in NBA history.
1: Yeah, that that was my first question, so let's let's get okay. into it. <laughs> all right, all right. So it
0: started with the Houston game in 2017. It was a 2017-18 season. Yeah. I was at the gym, you know, and it was it was like one of the TNT games, so I'm just watching at the gym and the the Houston was really big and I'm like, "Oh man, Houston this is really like they're having an amazing year like they had a really good start to the year this is kind of when the Celtics had a good start too and then i turn off the game i come back and like it's on the tv at the gym and it was like it was like a 10 point game now uh-huh. it was like it was a really big blow and i'm like oh shit what the hell happened here so <laughs> like this game got interesting and they go on and they beat houston in like the most unbelievable way and they did it again to go on the state and they did it to, again to Oklahoma City two times, and I was like, This team has a weird way of just staying calm in the clutch. They can be down seven points with like 30 seconds left. They're gonna, they're not gonna over, they're not gonna take some dumb shots. I guess Smart did that today, but in most of the time, they take their twos, they follow, and then they rely on Brad Stevens' fucking magic play set. <laughs> where there's never been a team I'm more confident can hit there. He always gets Marcus Morris or Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum open shot in the fourth. Don't get me started on Al Horford. <laughs> never missed a fourth quarter three. Like, it's absolutely insane how clutch this team is. And they did it to the Blazers twice last season. And I witnessed both games and I was like, how did they do this? So I started watching more and more of the Celtics and I just started noticing how insanely clutch they are, and how many stupid comebacks they do. I'm just like, <laughs> no other team wins this game like this. So basically, that's how I started calling the clutch Team NBA. And then obviously the playoffs, we all know. They won a stupid amount of clutch games in the playoffs. Mo- a couple of Milwaukee games, and then that 6 game, they won game three with the whole confetti thing. That was hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so
1: yeah, that's interesting because there's a lot of mention of of last year's Celtics and not a lot of mention of this year's Celtics. They they've almost been the antithesis of of you know what you're talking about from last year's team. So watching them today, and I'm assuming based on your like half and half Blazers Celtics fan and that you've, you've maybe watched a few other Celtics games this season, what what do you think is the difference between the two teams? Like where have they gone wrong?
0: Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is. Um... They have too many mouths to feed now. I feel yeah. like the uh, the team with Kyrie being back and Gordon Hayward being back... First of all, Gordon Hayward, I would not take anything out of this season. It's He's coming from an injury. It takes a lot of time to really get back and start playing at that high level again. It's like mm-hmm. Paul George. It took him a couple seasons to like really get back into that high gear. Mm-hmm. And Hayward, just a drastic injury like that. It's going to take time. But yeah, for this season... Um, the Biggest things I've noticed um, is everybody's kind of playing for themselves now. I, it's, Morris is a free agent. Uh, Rozier is going to be a free agent. Um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown—they've had that playoff run. They're kind of feeling themselves. You know, they're like, "Hey, I- I'm hot shit now." Everybody, you know, basically was blowing me the whole summer. So I- I'm the number one here. And then you have Kyrie Irving. You know, very talented scorer yeah. and whatnot. Um. And he's he's trying to show out himself too. I mean, Kyrie's always been showing out. Like that's that's he's the number one pick from Duke, you know. So, so that's one of the biggest. And then I also I feel like a lot of people are not talking about Al Horford. He's kind of declined a little bit this season. Um, he still has some you know big games here and there, but that consistency's not there. You kind of expect that from is he what an eleven year veteran now?
1: Yeah, I think he's so, just turned thirty two. So he's just getting turned up there.
0: And, he's getting up there and he's played a lot of minutes. I, I think I saw that he's made the playoffs every year of his career. Uh-huh. So that's extra minutes that he's played every season and he doesn't have any big injuries. So he's played a lot of minutes. So that's also a, a really big deal. And I feel like this team's never really found their offensive footing. I Everybody's kind of playing for themselves. Bench has been really off some injuries here and there. But the biggest thing for me is just there's no passion anymore. There's no heart. Everybody's playing for themselves and I think that chemistry is just out of source right now. And it's just too many mouths to feed.
1: Yeah, definitely a case of, of too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, yes. but you know, if you, uh, if you can't handle the heat, you should get out of the kitchen. I think is, is the way <laughs> the saying goes, but, um, yeah, it's interesting what you say about Al Horford because a lot of people in like Celtics fan bases have been saying, and I, I agree with this, that Al Horford has been our best player this season, particularly in the latter part of the season. Like He, he may have lost a step. He may be less athletic than he used to be, which is, you know pretty common as you get into your mid-30s but um, his efficiency and his ability to run the offense and just his presence on the court like it's it's clear when Holford is on the court that the, the entire team plays better I thought that was pretty clear today I'm just looking at his stats now and he unfortunately finished with a, a minus one in plus minus um, and not his best stat line he only um, finished one of seven from three so not his best game but it's, I guess it's frustrating. The team as constructed um, is meant to be able to accommodate for, for bad Horford nights and bad Kyrie nights, But I don't know. I guess, like you said, because of egos and, and chemistry issues, we're, we're just not seeing that. So it must be nice to be able to revert back to the Blazers and be like, oh, I'll just watch a couple of Blazers games, make myself, make myself feel better.
0: <laughs> like, here's the thing about the Blazers, though. You have to keep this in mind. I, I've become accustomed to it. Blazers, they're, they're doing that crap where they're going to give us hope and whatnot. Just for them to get swept by the healthy Houston Rockets in the first round. That's exactly what's gonna happen. We're gonna get we're gonna get it through our heads, we're gonna get the four seed. We're gonna get home court. And then James Arden and Chris Paul are gonna sweep us in the first round. I'm calling it now. I'm gonna come back to this <laughs> when this happens. That's the Blazers, though. <laughs> like don't ever don't ever let the Blazers give you hope because they will find a way to mess it up. But yeah, kinda going back to Horford. Um I think there's a very um, stark. Uh, I want to say chart where that shows that if all Holford plays good, the Celtics almost always win the game. Yeah, absolutely, best player last year's he was really, really fucking amazing. That playoff run, I mean, that guy was doing everything defense, scoring, rebounding, just being a leader and whatnot. Um, and like his matchup. He's, he's he's the reason why I still have some hope for the Celtics in the mm-hmm. playoffs. I would If I'm Brad Stevens, I would definitely look to give him some rest here and whatnot, so he c- you can have him healthy for the playoffs because he's the reason why Celtics have really good matchups against uh, Milwaukee and um, Joel Embiid in the Philadelphia 76ers. So if he can keep Horford healthy, I really think he's the most important piece. When Horford, and in my opinion, uh, Marcus Smart, those two really need to step it up if the South want to win.
1: Sure, yeah. So, so talking about the playoffs, I mean, you, I want to get back to your expectations for the Blazers. So, you, you think they're going to get bounced by Harden and the Rockets in the in the first round?
0: That's what it's looking like right now. I'm looking. I was looking at the Western standings. He, Golden State and uh, Denver are kind of like jockeying for the first two seeds. Yeah,
1: yeah, then definitely.
0: Blazers um, and Thunder and the. I would say Houston, they just won tonight. Houston's only, like, two and a half games back from uh, Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. So, us, are really the three that are fighting for that three, uh, three, four, and five. And that can make a big difference between playing in Golden State's bracket and uh, in Denver's bracket. So, a big difference there. Um, With the Blazers, though, I will say this. Um, I still expect to lose in the first round. But this team has a lot of offensive depth. Um with Jake Lehman's been really coming on. Yusuf Nurkic is having his best career. I think Yusuf Nurkic, if he keeps up playing well, like, I could see him sneaking into an all-NBA spot. Like, it probably won't happen because there's a lot of great centers out there, like Embiid, um, Nikola Jokic, Karl-Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, and whatnot. But he's been playing all-star caliber. Uh, Seth Curry's really been um, Shabazz Napier, like, plus... He's been really consistent, guy off the bench. So, they have a lot more pieces this year. But for me, it really goes back to teams can exploit the forward matches, and I still don't trust Aminu and Harkless. Yeah. In the playoffs. That's why I wanted to swing a trade for Paul George or Jimmy Butler, um, or Kawhi Leonard. I just I wanted the Blazers to throw one, for one of those. I feel like Neil, if you if you follow me on Reddit, you'll know I have a very 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 large hate boner. Neil Olshake, <laughs> he's ruined the prime of Damian Lewis. In my opinion, Dame has been a top 10 player the last three seasons, and you know, he's been an all star last two seasons, he's going to be all NBA the last three seasons, so he's been well deserved. But Dame, if you put a good team around him, like I think he's the second best point guard in the NBA after Steph Curry. That's how, that's how highly I think of Dame, um, and I think if you put a good team around him, like I think he could win. I don't want to say winning, but you could go to the Western Commons Finals with
1: him. Yeah, I mean, he definitely outplayed all of the Celtics today. He outplayed Kyrie Irving and, and pretty much anyone that we put on him. I, I think that the Blazers are a legit team. Like, both Lillard and McCollum, like, they get their shot off so easily, and they're both exceptional uh, playmakers out of the pick and roll. Um, they are, I think, one of the league's best backcourts, maybe the the second best behind Kyrie and Clay. Um, like both of them are legit players and, and you guys had amazing pickups as well out of the buyout market so uh inis canter and, and rodney hood are both um rodney hood didn't contribute a lot today just looking at the box score um you know canter is a, a beast on the boards and is a, a heady player uh, and nurkic as well like was absolutely beasting and uh your coach terry terry stotts um was just completely out coaching brad stevens i hate to say it i hate to admit it because brad stevens has this sort of aura you know around him which is admittedly dissipating as the season goes on. But at one point late in the fourth quarter, I believe, the Celtics called his own and you could see uh Terry Stotz just like call it out immediately and they sent, I believe, Nurkic right into under the under the bucket and he just got an open open bucket in, in that that clutch situation where normally in prior seasons, like you were alluding to earlier, we would have had success. Uh, but the the Blazers just picked us apart and it took everyone on the court. It took the coach. It was just this sort of holistic chemistry that the Celtics haven't been able to muster up this year so I don't know I, I get like I, I follow I, obviously uh, rugby league doesn't make it there to the states where you are but I follow a team called the Parramatta Eels that I have the same feeling about as, as you clearly do about the, uh, the Blazers that like you, you can never trust them to win even if they look like they're going to win like they won't and you just accept that as a fan but you know from the outside looking in I, I think the Blazers are legit I, I have high hopes for them at least to get to the second round
0: yeah, you know, if, I think if if they stay healthy and whatnot, like I could see them making the second round. It really depends on matchups. I'm kind of hoping for Utah to make a little bit of a run um, or either stay at the sixth seed and the Blazers go uh, to the third seed because I think Utah is a favorable matchup sure. for the Blazers mm-hmm. compared to Houston. I, I just really don't want to play Houston. Um, but, you know, I feel like tonight was a really good comparison of one team with good chemistry and another team really trying to find their footing. Um, I feel like Blazers, everybody kind of knows their role. You have Dame and CJ as the scorers. Nurk is just kind of like that imposer and that defensive force Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And then you have Aminu, Harkless, and all these other guys that know, you know, Dame and CJ or Nurk are going to find you the ball, make sure you're ready, play defense and whatnot. And then when you have Celtics over here, I feel like it was kind of like a I, everybody isoling type of thing. Kyrie's trying to find his shot. Um, Tatum is just not really. I don't know, if like the ball's not getting to him. I don't think. I don't think he shot anything in the fourth. I didn't see anything in the fourth. Um, but he's just. He needs to be a bit more aggressive. So it's really just kind of like everybody's fi- fighting for the ball type of thing. All oh, Horford and Morris. Morris has been really bad for a while now. I've been watching a couple of Celtics games. He's. Yeah. He started off really good for the season, uh, but last couple games and tonight, he was really poor. Orford was missing shots. Um, Tatum was kind of on and off. So I feel like just, you still have 20 games, but right now, there's just no chemistry there. The offensive system is kind of being figured out by a lot of teams, and Brad Stevens needs to make some line lineup changes. Yeah. Um, and, of course, Terry Rozier didn't play today. I know all about the hatred for... <laughs>
1: it's man, uh, right, it's rightly so. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah I, last, year's, last year's playoff, Scary Terry, he was, you know, a really fun player. But this year, yeah, he's, he's lost himself a lot of money.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you. We've just met, but, like, I've certainly had moments in my life where, like, I've had, like, a good day or two where i'm like yeah like i'm killing it at life like i'm actually pretty good at you know whatever it is i'm trying to do and then i'll regress to the mean uh and be like "Uh, i'm not actually as cool as i thought i thought i was and i feel like that uh is essentially what happened to terry rogier in the playoffs last year right like he he peaked he at the right time for him at, at that time he played exceptionally well and now he's completely regressed to the mean and he is what he is now does that make sense
0: it, no, it totally makes sense. Um, I was actually, I don't know if it was on Reddit or Twitter, uh, but somebody said that Rozier was actually playing inconsistent in the playoffs as well. He just shot insanely from three and pull up and back threes. And that really like kind of gave him a higher two-shooting percentage than it should have. Yeah. He was just a stupid clutch, which, you know, you got to give him credit for. But he was really poor in the road. And he was just really good player at home. And that just kind of shows you that's what a role player is. You cannot trust. A role player shows up at home. You know, it's kind of a trope that, you know, NBA trope. It is kind of true. And none of the other guys showed up on the road. And it would just be like one. If I remember correctly, the playoffs and whatnot. I think Celtics were, they lost game seven at home to Cleveland. So they were mm-hmm. 11 at home last year in the playoffs, I think, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, if I remember correctly, they won all of their home games except for that game seven against yep, against Cleveland. Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah, and so that just kind of really shows you like that sort of role player does mm-hmm. um, inconsistencies, not showing up on the road, really kind of feeding off the home crowd.
1: Yeah, the, so the the thoughts that help me fall asleep at night currently are that um, one, like Brad Stevens is not playing his hand until the playoffs, which is seemingly more ridiculous because you would think that you know. Um, in lieu of that, up until that point, they would still have some sort of scheme that could win them the majority of their games, and lately that's not the case. The other thing is, Gordon Hayward I'm hoping will become some some version of uh, a familiar, older Gordon Hayward or I, I should say younger Gordon Hayward um, like tonight, for example he was a team high for the Celtics plus 13 uh, he only scored 3 points, he had a couple of turnovers like, uh, the stats aren't really jumping off the page, he only took 3 shots, but he was a team high plus 13, right? Like he he definitely had a positive effect on the team overall while he was on the court. Like he's a smart player um, in a similar vein to Horford, I think. So hopefully, you know, bringing what he clearly brings to the team while he's on the court and maybe an increase in confidence and athleticism and, and things like that. Those are the sorts of things that maybe give me some confidence heading into the playoffs. So we, we, we talked about Portland in the playoffs already. So I'm curious to hear, you know, with this year's team, barring any injuries, how you how you feel the Celtics can do?
0: Yeah, so I kind of... If you would have asked me this question, uh, let's say two weeks ago, <laughs> before the all break, I would have been confident, and I would have told you three big reasons. Um, number one biggest reason for me is All Horford. I kind of talked about it. Last year, he was the second best player in the, in the playoffs, in the West, in the East at least, um, other than LeBron. Um, and the matchups he has in the against a lot of the East teams, like, uh, I don't want to say Toronto, I want to say Milwaukee, uh, Pacers, and obviously the uh, the Sixers. So he has, he's the matchup. If he brings it, and he mostly does against these teams, uh, they really can't match up with him. Uh, with the Sixers, he takes Joel Embiid out the paint, and Embiid really struggles with his physicality and uh, Horford's speed a little bit. And he can kind of, like, give, gives, he gives... And be in a lot of trouble, and then you have with the Sixers, uh, with Brooke Lopez, or not my fault, um, Milwaukee Bucks with Brooke Lopez. So, Horford can kind of give him he has he has a bit of a good matchup there. So, that's Horford's number one reason why I was like confident. Number two is Kyrie Irving, um, that guy's he's shown up in the playoffs, he's uh, very clutch. I don't think anybody know what, no, um top five East team has somebody, anybody that can guard him. He's mm-hmm. gone off every single East team. He's dropped 40 on that Toronto. I think he dropped 40 on them. Like they have no one that can guard him. Lowry's too slow.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, Sixers have been struggling with guards. They cannot literally guard. They they have no one that can guard guards. Um And Milwaukee's Milwaukee's kind of a little bit different. They have, they have a lot of length. So they're, they're kind of I mean that's they're on pace to win 60 plus games like they're they're a great team I would favor them over the Celtics to be honest right now and then number three was Brad Stevens um last year he kind of was creating all these mismatches. Match um the lineups he was putting up there the play calls he was setting now though that, that was those are three reasons I would have gave you two weeks ago but mm-hmm. now after these four losses in a row, I'm I'm not sure. Like again, I kind of said, like everybody's just kind of out there. Like there's no feel, like no passion out there. Like here, you take this possession, I'm gonna take this possession. Horford's been kind of on a little bit of a decline. Like he'll, st- he'll still have good game here and there, mm-hmm. and then this this is Stephen's worst year. Uh, he's been out consistently. Um, I really don't know what's going on with him. He might just be struggling. With Eagles and whatnot, he might he just might not be that type of coach. So, yeah. But going into the playoffs, though, I, I'm still confident. Like, I'm still confident because of mat- mismatches they have and whatnot. But I'm only confident at home. If it's on the road, in Milwaukee, in Toronto, I don't trust this team.
1: Yeah, I mean, by all accounts, it looks like we're going to finish with the fifth seed. And, I mean, there's no way that... Um that we're gonna have any home court advantage, any semblance of home court advantage as long as we, we finish with that fifth seed. So I like your confidence. It's it's good to hear that, like coming from I guess like an external source. But um I'm not I'm not feeling it, man. Like I <laughs> it's been a really, really bad stretch and there was a lot of hype going into the All Star break. Like Brad Stevens has typically seen most of his success in that in that stretch run coming out of the All Star break and like 0 oh and four, man. 0 oh and four. That has has not happened. So I, I feel like it's the worst case scenario. Um wanna get to a couple of post game thread shout outs very quickly. So user dropping dimes, SP says, I need to stop watching basketball for my own sanity. It's been a real rough couple of days. And user Soul Reaper twelve says, Hey and Brown seriously need to be put back in the starting lineup, which um I don't know. I'm keen to hear your thoughts here. Like I I'm starting to agree with that. Just I don't know like what else we can do at this point.
0: Yeah, so I as of right now Somebody, I don't want to take a credit for this idea. Um, I don't know if it was a uh, red or Twitter, but somebody said they would look at smart as a backup point guard, kind of go back to that. Um, and bench Morris for Brown. I feel like Brown has been playing better than Morris. Um, and that would take out that would considerably cut Rozier's minutes. So the lineup would be starting lineup with Kyrie, Brown, Tatum, Hayward and Horford, that would be the starting lineup. Th- that was a starting lineup beginning of the season. And then you would have smart coming off as the backup point guard for mm-hmm. Kyrie. So I feel like that's one change that, um, what's his uh, brass Stevens can play around with. But I do want to say, I think Stevens, I think he should start playing and getting ready for playoffs because I feel like they know what the Celtics are right now. Um, only 20 games left. See what see what's gonna work for the playoffs. You're kind of stuck. You know you're not getting home court as a, as it looks right now. Maybe Indiana starts losing some games, but Philly's still right there. So I would kind of start looking like, hey, you know, let's let me get my seven and eight man rotation ready for the playoffs. Let me start tinkering around with the lineups and start getting getting ready and whatnot for it's looking like the Sixers first round.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, we've typically owned the Sixers, right? So, I mean, I'm not a betting man, but I feel like if I looked on some sort of gambling site that the odds would be in favor of the Celtics in any sort of Sixers series based on, like, the total pwnage over many years now. Um, it's going to be interesting. So, I, the last thing I wanted to talk to you about very quickly is um, I, I felt like we were almost going to be set up for the perfect podcast in that, like, you're... Known in our post-game threads is the guy who comes and celebrates the, the clutchness of the Celtics. And it looked like for a bit there, like Marcus Smart was going to pull something out of his ass. Like he came out in the fourth quarter. I think he forced an eight-second violation. And shortly after, uh, a couple of turnovers, some quick baskets, um, and like a, a weirdly clutch three-pointer. Um, and really just turned the energy around for the Celtics. And then, you know, Dame, CJ, Nurkic come back, make a few clever buckets. And it, it's all over for Boston, but... It really looked like it was going to happen there for a second. So, like given your um like your role in Celtics fandom or at least uh in Celtics Reddit fandom, like I'm just curious to hear like what was going through your mind at that point where it looked like maybe just maybe the Celtics were going to claw back in the clutch.
0: I posted with like 7 minutes left when the Celtics had made a little bit of a comeback with smart um I said this is going to end on a Celtics game winner. Here's another fun fact about the Blazers. Since 2014, Blazers are second in game-winners hit against them. <laughs> it's the Phoenix Suns, a.k.a. the worst team this decade. And number two is the Blazers. Blazers, I can count Eric Bledsoe, Contavious coldwell pope twice, all Herford and Morris last year. Westbrook hit a couple against us. Like, I can count down all the ones. Blazers <laughs> have led the NBA in ridiculous—the opponent hitting ridiculous game-winners. So what was going through my head? This is typical Blazers meltdown right here. <laughs> a couple turnovers, and maybe Dame bails us out because Dame. This is Dame's career. He'll go up to the bench, with like a ten-point lead. C.J. and the bench will fuck up the lead. He comes in with like five minutes left and saves their ass. That's why he posted on Instagram the other day. I've been saving a lot of mo- uh, a lot of people's ass. <laughs> He literally posted that on Instagram. Go check yeah, it out. Right.
1: <laughs> okay. And
0: I'm like, of course, Dame. you saved the Blazers' ass for a long time. Pretending to the Celtics, though, I love Mark Smart. That guy is just, I, I posted it on Reddit. That guy is just all hustle, man. Like, no coach. Ev- that's what every coach is love. Like, that guy just, he's always playing his butt off. He's putting his body on the line. Um, And he just hits the most. No way he's gonna hit that. Of course, Smart hits that type of threes, like like yeah, <laughs> wide open one. But then with like the other team up three, thirty seconds left, he'll hit like a half court shot because that's Mark Smart.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much him in a nutshell. He's he's very much like the the no no yes like player <laughs> on this roster, maybe in the league. But uh, all right, man. Like it's uh it's been good. It's it's been uh I think. Uh, healthy for me to hear like the perspective from a from an outside uh, fan, um, and to know that you know despite success in in Blazers world like there's still this sense of impending doom. Like, it's nice to know that like we don't just solely have that in, in Celtics uh, Reddit world. So it's good.
0: So all the Celtics fan, I would tell them every team is going through what you're going through. Other than going to stay and even going to state, they have the whole Kevin Durant might leave, you know that whole thing going on for them. So you're not alone. You have the Lakers melting down. LeBron is not even... Someone posted a meme. (laughs) It says LeBron James, Los Angeles Lakers, part-time agent, part-time actor. Like not even... (laughs) Like he's just... So LeBron went to LA to shoot Space Jam 2 and direct movies and become a part-time rapper. So at least you don't have that going for you. (laughs) Every team is kind of dealing with something right now. Um, so it's fine. It's a long season. NBA is 82 games. It's ridiculously long. There will be up and downs. All that matters is when you're ready for the playoffs. And Celtics have shown the last couple seasons they have that mental toughness in the playoffs. And When you have all Horford, you have Marcus Smart and Kyrie Irving and Brad Stevens with the realm or at the reins. I think you guys are gonna be fine. Maybe a second rot loss to Milwaukee. But Milwaukee would be favored that series, so I don't know, but yeah, it'll be fine. Everything is fine.
1: Well thanks, man. I think I can speak for most Celtics fans when I say we needed to hear that. At this at this juncture, that's that's nice to hear. So Family Guy thirty five, thank you very much for taking the time. I know it's getting later there, so thanks for taking the time to come on. Really appreciate it, man.
0: Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me on.
1: Alright, that's it. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to Guy 35 for coming on and uh, here's to a complete turnaround by the Boston Celtics. Peace.